You are about to listen to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Welcome to the April 18th edition of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, airing on the third day of WRIR's Spring Fun Drive 2018. Throughout the program, there will be special messages from the volunteers that populate this station's hallowed halls, asking you to donate whatever you can, be it your last month's salary or the lint-covered dollar in your pocket. To keep independent radio on the air and giving a voice to underrepresented news, views, and local content unmatched by any other station, radio, or television in the city of Richmond. Folks like you listeners are why the RVA Dirt Gals do what we do day in and day out. We volunteer our time to educate you, our neighbors, on the ins and outs of local politics and issues affecting every community member, while adding an element of entertainment and wonder. If you like what we're up to, make sure to let us know by commenting on your online donations. And now, without further ado, I'm Francesca Lee Davis. And I'm Melissa Vaughn, and we are the two members of RVA Dirt not hanging out on a beach in Costa Rica with uh, new sloth friends. Uh, mm. I'm sure y'all can imagine the side eye we are throwing Jesse Perry's way. Happy birthday, girl. Happy birthday, Jesse. We miss you so much, and we're going to throw down when you get back. Yeah. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday just for you. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. So we spoke about public housing last week. This week we'll devote our time to learning about the Community Land Trust, specifically the Maggie L. Walker Community Land Trust, assisting low to moderate income Richmonders to obtain the American dream of home ownership. Before we begin, here are some of the info nuggets to keep in the back of your mind. According to citydata.com, we have 32% of the population living under the poverty line with a 42% child poverty rate in Richmond. And the majority of homes and apartments available to own or rent by lower income residents were built before. 1980, with most concentrated in the pre-World War II era. Thousands, yes, thousands of these homes are vacant, abandoned, or tax delinquent, but still completely viable for renovation and habitation. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development tells us the biggest impediments to home ownership for minorities are a lack of capital for the down payment and closing costs, a lack of access to credit and poor credit history, a lack of understanding and information about the home buying process, especially for families for whom English is a second language, regulatory burdens imposed on the production of housing, and continued housing discrimination. Every Glossy Magazine's Top 10 Cities articles, or whatever, I don't read that trash, but y'all sure do like to blast that ish on social media, don't you? So they boast about the booming opportunities Richmond affords for the young, hip, chic, moneyed, and let's face it, white masses. Mm. Housing affordability has been a long and miserable history for portions of our city's population who live in areas where housing costs are exceeding the wages brought home. The dream of an actual home, let alone a decently maintained rental in this town, is just that, a dream. Mm. And sometimes a downright nightmare. The community land trust model seeks to keep housing affordable in rapidly gentrifying areas. Of course you're asking yourselves, what the heck is a community land trust? Unless you are deeply involved in the process or a housing advocate. Sometimes I forget that not everybody we know knows this stuff. <laughs> a community land trust is a system of property ownership where a nonprofit organization 
acting as a trustee, holds legal title to the land but sells the home or improvements located on its land to income qualified buyers. The underlying land is then leased to the homeowner. The cost of purchasing land is removed or at least minimized, thus reducing the cost of the home. In exchange for the privilege of purchasing a home at a cost below market prices, the homeowner's return on the investment will be limited by a resale formula. In most instances, the CLT retains an option to repurchase a home if it is offered for sale, allowing even greater control of the resale process. Community land trusts are often referred to as third sector housing. Third sector housing is a term applied to nonprofit housing designed to meet public and social needs that does not meet traditional definitions and ideas regarding property ownership. The CLT is just one of many types of third sector housing, including nonprofit rentals, mutual housing associations, limited equity and zero equity cooperatives, and limited equity condominiums. In the community land trust model, a nonprofit holds the land in trust for the benefit of the community, either an existing nonprofit organization or a newly formed CLT corporation can be the landowner. In most community land trusts, nearly 81% are independent nonprofit corporations. Typically, community land trusts are designed to be charitable organizations under the federal tax code. In order to qualify for charitable status, they often have goals such as providing housing for low-income people and redeveloping blighted neighborhoods. As a nonprofit, the corporation may also seek tax-exempt status under a particular state's laws. Thank you, Kara L. Reese and the Free Enterprise Forum. I couldn't have said it better myself. No, really, I couldn't. That's why I quoted from Community Land Trusts, redefining real property ownership in America. Google it today. (laughs) So there are obviously pros and cons to CLTs. An argument can be that homeowners don't see the full benefits of owning a home because they lease the land and the resale value is limited. Concerns around predatory and discriminatory lending that have had huge impacts on the finances of of middle-class minorities across the country are brought to mind. Borrowers have great difficulty obtaining mortgages at all, putting low-income and minority communities at the greatest disadvantage. But those who purchase through CLTs are building equity, learning about financing and credit, and the responsibilities involved in home ownership. And when they sell, they ensure that the next owner is not priced out of the neighborhood and will leave equity towards their next home, possibly even a traditional home purchase. Prospective buyers are required to attend workshops and lessons on the entire process and all the options available to everyone seeking home ownership, not just land trust options. No, CLT are not the perfect solution, nor are they for every low to moderate income person or family seeking to purchase a home. Home buying in any form is a major commitment, and this system is no different. The purpose of CLTs at heart is fostering investment in the growth of a community that is in dire need of a boost of home ownership among this group of residents. So let's get to the Maggie Walker Community Land Trust. Why Maggie Walker in the first place? If you're from here and you don't know, for shame. 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 Maggie Lena Walker, born in 1864 and passed from this life in 1934, is indelible to the fabric of modern Richmond. She was the first woman of color to establish a bank in the United States. The St. Luke Penny Savings Bank was created to utilize African-American financial resources for the good of the community, providing fairly priced loans and mortgages to black families and empowering them to own their homes, open businesses, and create economic opportunities for themselves and future generations. Why wouldn't they name a community land trust after her? The vision is for the Richmond Region to be diverse and inclusive with safe and attractive, affordable and sustainable housing choices for all people. The mission to develop and maintain permanently affordable ownership opportunities for low and moderate income households. So how does the Maggie Walker Community Land Trust work? Well, since the land trust system is tweakable based on the, I was still freaking out about that word. Tweakable. <laughs> I was like, tweakable. I wanted to say twerkable. Oh, hmm. sorry. 
It's not torqueable. <clears throat> Since the land trust system is tweakable based on the city's economic and housing issues, MWCLT, that is a Sounds like the Just best say, sandwich ever. Right? <laughs> Let's have it. <laughs> is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that seeks to develop and maintain permanently affordable home ownership opportunities for low and moderate income households. The organization was formed in 2016 and is governed by a volunteer board of directors. Using the Community Land Trust CLT model, the Maggie Walker Land Trust creates single family homes that are sold to qualified buyers while retaining ownership of the land beneath the houses. When a homeowner sells, the CLT and the homeowner share the equity created by the increase in market value. The CLT's shares stays in the house and is not added to the sales price. This keeps the home affordable to future qualified buyers. The CLT model requires only one subsidy at the start and then makes that home affordable to all future purchasers without additional subsidy. The Maggie Walker CLT is committed to providing perpetually affordable homes to families with modest incomes throughout Richmond's neighborhoods. They state that this CLT can keep their neighborhoods diverse and vibrant, even as housing prices rise. Hmm. Without a program like this, says the Land Trust, some neighborhoods in Richmond would be unaffordable to many of our citizens in the next decade. Or how about right now? How about right this minute? <clears throat> right now. With the Maggie Walker Land Trust, the land lease is $100 a year and the homeowner's return on investment upon the sale is 50%. To qualify for a home through the Maggie Walker Community Land Trust, a household must meet the following criteria. So the Maggie Walker Land Trust has two ownership... Honership. Making up new words again. Honership. Hone it. Hone that house. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> oh, this is terrible. I'm going to have the worst time. So the Maggie Walker Land Trust has two home ownership programs, one for families making less than 80% of area median income and one for families making less than 115% of area median income. Do you make less than 80% or less than 115% of the area median income for your household size? Then you may qualify. Mm -hmm. Do you have have a steady monthly income that can cover mortgage, tax, and insurance payments? Because you got to have the skills to pay the bills. Boom. Is your credit score around the mid 600s or higher? So when I was buying my house, my lender told me that 640 is about the lowest you want to qualify. Do you have enough savings to cover the down payment and closing costs? So yeah, just like any other home loan, you are going to have a down payment and cash to close, though they may be below the standard. Are you willing to pay $100 a year to lease the land under your house? Remember, you own the home, not the land. Are you prepared to take care of maintenance and repairs for the home yourself or pay someone to do it? No more maintenance guy or slovenly landlord that may or may not get around to fixing your breakdowns. It's on you now. Will you live in this home at least 10 months out of the year? Settle in and stay a spell, won't you? <laughs> Are you prepared to let the Maggie Walker Land Trust approve of any major modifications to your home? It's kind of like a homeowners or neighborhood association type thing. Are you willing to sell your home to another income qualified buyer with the Land Trust's help? and continue the cycle of affordable homeownership. And are you willing to accept 50% of the increase in the total property value as equity and leave the other 50% in the home to keep it affordable for the next buyer? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Maggie Walker Land Trust homeownership might be right for you. Hmm. Hmm. If you're not looking to purchase a home, but you would like to help others achieve their dream, you can donate. Help support affordable, permanent homeownership in the Richmond region. Your tax-deductible donation helps the Maggie Walker Land Trust 
trust to develop and maintain permanently affordable home ownership opportunities for low and moderate income households in the Richmond region. Funds raised will be used in such ways as community outreach efforts in neighborhoods where CLT homes will be located, land acquisition and the development of CLT homes, education materials for home buyers in the community, and home buyer classes. Well, this all sounds great, but who's running the joint? Laura Lafayette, the CEO of Richmond Association of Realtors, is chair with Carolyn Lofton, the community coordinator of Urban Hope, and affordable housing nonprofit serves as vice. Other board members come from corporations such as the Better Housing Coalition, Project Homes, Dominion Energy, Virginia Local Initiative Support Corporation, or Virginia Lisk. Lisk. If you don't want to read out all that junk. <laughs> University of Richmond. Housing Opportunities Made Equal, Mark Fleckenstein and Associates, PC, Virginia Credit Union, and Richmond Metro Habitat for Humanity. There's a point to reading all of these, by the way. Partners in this endeavor are HOME, which stands for Housing Opportunities Made Equal, Project Homes, and RCDA, Richmond Community Development Alliance. Lenders are Virginia Credit Union, Fulton Bank, and Union Mortgage Group. And the donors providing the cash are Bank of America, the Bob and Anna Lou Schauberg Fund at VNHC, Bon Secours, Dominion Energy, Fulton Mortgage Company, the Community Foundation, Richmond Association of Realtors, the Mary Morton Parsons Foundation, River City Givers, SunTrust Mortgage, Richmond Memorial Health Foundation, Town Bank, Virginia Credit Union, VDHA, Wells Fargo, and Mickey Mouse. Yes. oh my goodness so why did i just struggle through listing all of those names because everybody in this town feels some kind of way about somebody on that list there are so many discussions to be had on how benevolent one organization is or how problematic another may be that my friends is a discussion for a whole nother day if you desire so if you'd like to get into the nitty-gritty of where the money and the resource come from hit us up on twitter at rva dirt to start the conversation or let us know if you want us to go all in on the topic on another episode and now melissa digs deep into her (laughs) really yeah really yeah i'm gonna And now Melissa will dig deep into her extensive repertoire of feelings. Okay, here we go. This is where I soapbox. I can't. I, I poetically soapbox this. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is a topic that's actually really close to my heart because I live in Her a neighborhood that this affects very deeply. So She's going to sip her tea and I'm going to add Migos style ad-libs as she reads. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I drive through Highland Park. Driving. No, I'm teasing. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Mama. Sit down, Quavo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm done. Okay, okay, here we go. Serious time. I'm just thinking of myself, little white girl at the Poetry Slam, talking about (laughs) housing affordability. And I do this in the background. Okay. <laughs> I know you're all listening for the seriousness. Of it, so we'll try to get it together. Yes. I'm sorry. <sighs> Repertoire feelings and go. I drive through Highland Park, the community I call my home, and I often wonder what people who don't live here, who stumble in, think of the neighborhood and its bevy of empty houses. Do they wonder about what happened to the previous owners and how they could let things fall into such disrepair? Do they turn up their noses, judge the community by the spots of decay every few blocks, some elegant, some not so? Do they think about the safety and security of their own home and remember back to the days of slummy landlords, tiny rooms, leaky roofs, and freezing pipes, exorbitant fees for what was
was little more than a chilly rat trap with a roof and wish away out of that cycle of mental rental violence for others who maybe aren't as prosperous financially as they? Or do they think we need those flipper flop chuckleheads coming in and churning out over accessorized, overpriced four squares, assembly line style? Do they care for the grandma or the auntie who lives next door to one of those vacant tax delinquent properties on a fixed income, working her fingers to the bone to provide for the next generation she's raising when she should be retiring? Do they know that she bases her entire budget around her property tax payments? Do they notice that she had to fight harder and longer than anybody else to secure that loan and purchase that home which became her family seat? What about the younger version of auntie just starting out and wanting a brighter future and stable home for her daughters and sons? A home not under the thumb of some crummy landlord that won't come fix the heat but won't let her fix it herself? Do they ponder? Do they think of solutions? Do they fall in love and stay as I did? Or do they drive on to the next thing as if it was no thing, as if they were never there? Poetry. Yes, her name is Maggie. You know that she's bad and bougie. Can't bankroll a Bugatti. Write him checks with Ferraris. That's how this girl can party. But she reinvests her money back into the community. The community. Post-Civil War born free. free. African-American girl out for opportunity. Turn nickels into dollars, but dollars back in the city. Reinvested into business. Now Maggie's making history. Taught children how to save. Never slave to wage. First female bank president. History made. 1930s came and with it, the Great Depression, but while many banks closed, her bank doors stayed open. Yes, her name is Maggie, you know that she's bad and bougie, can't bank roll a Bugatti, write them checks with Ferraris, that's how this girl can party, but she reinvests her money back into the community, the community. Yes, her name is Maggie, you know that she's bad and bougie, can't bank roll a Bugatti, write them checks with Ferraris, that's how this girl can party, but she reinvests her money back into the community, the community. Later she got sick, but she still didn't quit, cut a hole in her desk. That's where Maggie sits. Wheelchair, she don't care. Maggie Walker, I don't fear. Back from bankruptcy, put a cape on a chair. Maggie Walker came up, but nothing's changed. She walks the walk even when she's lame. Racks the riches, her interests remain the same. Open stores, open banks, she changed the game. Yes, her name is Maggie, you know that she's bad and bougie, can't make roll up Bugatti, write up checks with Ferraris, that's how this girl can party, but she reinvests her money back into the community, the community. Yes, her name is Maggie, you know that she's bad and bougie, can't make roll up Bugatti, write up checks with Ferraris, that's how this girl can party, but she reinvests her money back into the community, the community. This is RVA Dirt's Francesca Lee Davis, and you're listening to Municipal Mania on WRIR LP 97.3 FM, Richmond. And now, Fran and Melissa have a discussion about what they've just learned. So, first of all, Melissa, let's first give you your props for your, your whole deaf poetry jam you just put down. That's one. I'm telling you. I was, I was, it was feelings. It was. It was. And we get on our soapbox sometimes, but what I think is so crazy is not even the word, but what's so ironic about what you said, the first sentence, the first little phrase was, I drive through Highland Park, but that could literally be, I drive through, insert all the names of so many neighborhoods in Richmond right now. And that's what's kind of unfortunate because there's abandoned house after abandoned house after, you know, empty house, empty house. I mean, it's so sad. And you have people that need housing. I don't, I'm not sure if land trust is the perfect answer. I'm sure that it helps, but I mean, 
what happened? Like, where are all those people? Well, um, at least I know for a fact in my neighborhood, there are many houses that have been empty since the 70s. White Flight came a little bit late to Mm -hmm. Highland Park. Mm -hmm. And when it did, it sure did come with a vengeance. There was a pact made back in 1942 Mm. from some of the original residents that they said they would never sell or rent to a person of color. Mm. This is a truth. It's a truism Mm -hmm. probably in other neighborhoods in Richmond, too. It's still a truthism in some neighborhoods. Right, today, right but now. okay. But it's like, you know, they did that and then they decided, huh, well, I don't want to live in the city limits anymore. It's time to head for the counties. Mm-hmm. And so they did, but some of those attitudes stayed and they still refused <clears throat> to let these family homes go. And some of them are still sitting there, not a lot of them, but some of them are still sitting there with the same original owner refusing to get up off of it. Wow. Others are being an eyesore on the block. Right. And others were just left tax delinquent just to crumble away and become dust on the sidewalk. And so it, this is not a perfect solution. No, it's not a perfect solution, but it does gather up a lot of these blighted homes, get them fixed up, and get them into the hands of people who want to be homeowners, who want to break the cycle of what I call, you know, like rental violence. Yeah. Because here in Richmond, we have a slumlord epidemic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> these landlords take advantage of poor people, minorities, people down on their luck that are just trying to make a living. And they say, hey, don't worry, you know, I'm not going to do a credit check, mm-hmm. background check. You just have to show me your license mm-hmm. and your last pay stub. And here, you can rent from me. But don't expect me to come fix your heat. And mm. don't expect me to fix that leak coming from the apartment above. That's and ridiculous. don't expect me to have working washers and dryers for you. Mm-mm. And don't expect me to have decent appliances for you. And oh, that gas smell, don't worry about that. Mm-mm. This is stuff that not only RRHA residents face, but regular folks, Mm -hmm. students. So, you know, as a landlord, I own... I don't own any houses in the city of Richmond, but I do own some in the counties and in other places in Virginia. And I have people, take for instance, I had a couple that came to us and wanted to rent a a home and they were in their late seventies and the husband was in his late eighties. And living in our house was the first time that they ever had running water. Oh, what? And I was like... How is this possible? And this was like a, a three or four years ago. And I asked them, I said, well, where were you guys living before? And they said, well, we're, we lived at so-and-so and so and we actually got to go back there and get some help moving our stuff. I said, okay, well, I'll go, you know. And I get there and I'm like, I know whose house this is. And this house has a bathroom in it. And why, why is it not working? And I didn't even have the heart to ask a couple. I just called the landowner because I knew who owned the house. And I said, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so live in this house. And I said, why? Didn't they have running water? This house has two bathrooms in it. I mean, and there it's not as if, I mean, they'd been running that house for like 40 years. Oh, my goodness gracious. And the, you know, the landowner was like, well, they never called me to get it fixed. You know, they called me years ago and I thought some one of their kids fixed it or something. So I just didn't fix it. And I'm like, how how is that possible? Are you just accepting the rent checks and never coming to check on your property? Never come to never. check, never come to do anything. The kitchen had like a buckle in the in the floor. And I'm looking at this and, and the you know, the, the guy's telling me, Well, be careful when you walk in the kitchen because you can slide down into that hole. And I'm like, What kind of hole? All the subflooring and everything had like fallen from under the the vinyl in the kitchen so it was literally just vinyl that you're walking on in the middle of the kitchen so you had to walk around the perimeter and i'm like this is the most craziest it was like a a a a fun house oh my gosh that may not be in the city of richmond but you pretty much described a lot of the dwellings Mm -hmm. in this city that Mm -hmm. 
people don't realize exist that are right next door to them. Yeah. They may think, oh, you know, oh, it's just a party house for frat kids. No. no. And I've seen some of them. I've looked at people, you know, trying to buy homes and I'm going and kind of look at stuff or I'll be going with a friend and I'll say, well, you know, do you mind looking under the house? Because I know you know things to look for and stuff like that. And I'll go. And I'm like, there's a two inch crack around the perimeter walls in this house. Like you're, you're floors are separating from the walls and like that's a problem that means that you know you've got some settling under the house or your foundation is moving or something you know what's going on and a homeowner's oh no oh no it's just you know old houses do that and like i know but critters can come in those holes you need to fix it old houses that are maintained don't don't do do that. that no they don't and so you know, a lot of people who are renting are are responsible and they're able to save money and they really do want to take that next step to home ownership. But there are so many impediments mm-hmm. to it. Even I mean, even in 2018, there's so many impediments to getting your home. And so, excuse me for the gum. And so <laughs> the Maggie Walker Land Trust isn't a silver bullet. It doesn't solve every problem, but it offers some sort of pathway for people to break the cycle of renting, get out from underneath the slumlords, yeah. and start fresh and new and Enjoy learn the, the benefits of homeownership of and home learn ownership. how to be a responsible homeowner for that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that there's something like this that's going to come and snatch up a bunch of these blighted tax delinquent houses so that they're not crumbling into the streets so that your kids aren't climbing through them after school Yeah. when you're working your third job trying to get that house. Yeah. I'm glad there's a pathway. But the Maggie Walker Land Trust does not solve the other problem that we're having, which is the slumlord landlords. Well, here, I, I have a question um, just to throw out there. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Hopefully have an answer i'm just being the devil's advocate for a bit so i don't own the land right but i own the house right so when my driveway washes out that's on you in a hurricane i have to fix it still on you i don't own the land though nope but you own the house and i guess the driveway would be considered part of the house what about the sinkhole in the backyard that i don't know that would be a good. Uh, All of them are in are in city limits, so none of them have like private septic or water, right? Right. No. I so don't know. yeah, these just are, thinking about yeah, some exactly. That could there be. are lots of questions that come up with a program like this, and trees. Trees. When a tree falls down on your neighbor's house. Exactly. So, yeah, these are all things that really um, I'd like to delve deeper into maybe in a future episode if we could get some representatives from the Maggie Walker Land Trust to come on the show and answer all of our burning questions as well as your burning questions about how this stuff really, really works. Because for as much research as I did on it, um, you can't find all the answers to your questions. Yeah, because there's there's weird things like, you know, I know. Because someone else, you're leasing the land, but you own the house. There's certain things that are not necessarily included in the actual house. So because you're leasing the land and you are required to go through the lease for home improvements, who gets to choose the landscaping? Right. (laughs) Who pays for the landscaping? Well, I would assume that the homeowner is going to pay for the landscaping and then But it has to be approved. Does that have to be approved? Or is that considered a major change? Well, it dep- if you're planting a tree. Right. If you're planting a tree, I guess you would have to get um, approval from the land trust to do so because they own the land. Yeah. And 
So I encourage they, anybody uh, yeah. who has an interest in this program, in this process, to write down every single question you have. <laughs> Seriously, rack your brains. Every single question you have before you jump into something like this and get them answered. Always be your own advocate. Yeah. In any of these situations, because this really is a newfangled thing in Richmond. And so really think long and hard. Ask all of the questions and don't go away until you get them answered. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to go away until we get our questions answered. So hopefully you'll actually hear us with some representatives on a future episode. Yep, because I want to know who, what tree I get to plant. Right. Because really, that's also a benefit of homeownership. You're planting a tree. Yeah, I mean, I might want an apple tree. Can I have an apple tree? That feeds your family. Is that going to improve the value of the land that I'm leasing from you? I need to know. I need to know, too. I need to know. I need to know. In, in conclusion, you know, we, we're just presenting, I think, information to edutain, <laughs> but educate people on some of the things that are pressing right now. And this is something that's new um, that will be affecting our community, but it will also be something that will bring affordable home um, ownership into the city of Richmond, which is important. It's something that we need. Um, it's also something that it's also something that we've been a lot of people have been advocating for for a long time. Is it uh, the perfect fix? Maybe not. But and we just went over a couple of, you know, just strange questions. And I'm sure other people have, you know, other questions, too. <clears throat> I think over time we'll figure out where the best fit is and what's going to work. But I think this is definitely a way for people to be able to afford first time home buyers or just home buyers in general to be able to afford um, a home. Also be able to pass some of that equity on, you know, and it does even though you have to kind of qualify still, you don't have as much of the burden as you would if you go down to Keller Williams. Right. Trying to figure it out. Start from scratch. You've got Mm -hmm. a team of experts behind you every step of the way teaching you the process of homeownership, which includes, you know, applying and qualifying for a mortgage loan, Mm -hmm. getting your credit score at um, a decent enough level to actually qualify for the loan, and then making sure you are able to make payments on time, pay the taxes, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But there's a cap. You're never going to have to pay an exorbitant amount. Nobody's going to come in here and flip or flop your house out of your price range. No. You know, nobody's going to put marble all over your house in the middle of a blighted area and expect you to pay three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars for it. Which is the, happening in these. Which surrounding is happening in the surrounding neighborhoods. You want to take places like Laverna Park, Battery Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two years ago, the houses were well in the. 150, 130, 60 range, and now they're double, triple that. Right, and so land trusts stop that. Mm -hmm. They take that out of the equation. In conclusion, I'm hopeful that this is a positive alternative Mm -hmm. for some of our residents who are lower to moderate income who are ready to take the next step out of rentership into homeownership. But, of course, as always, we encourage you to remain healthily skeptical. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. You know, we come up with these questions and we, you know, ask things. I think that's a Richmond thing for you just to be skeptical of things, just to figure it out. It'll definitely help uh, what we're what what the goal is. But I think until it's in, you know, it's been in implemented for a while, it may take some time to work out the kinks to figure out if there are some. So let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's give it a shot. And now we just got to bridge that gap between that getting above that threshold to get you out of public housing and enough income that you're not 
spending or making so much money that your public housing income is too high and you're paying a lot of rent, but to get you past that threshold so now you can buy your own house. Yep, absolutely. There we go. Goal. Update real quick. The first house fixed up by the Maggie Walker Land Trust was sold and inhabited in December of 2017. Awesome. We hope for great things and we can't wait to hear more about this program. Little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made of ticky tacky, little boxes on the hillside, little boxes all the same. There's a pink one and a green one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of ticky tacky and they all look just the same. And the people in the houses all went to the university where they were put in boxes and they came out all the same. And there's doctors and lawyers and business executives and they're all made out of ticky tacky and they all look just the same and they all play on the golf course and drink their martinis dry and they all have pretty children and the children go to school and the children go to summer camp and then to the university where they are put in boxes and they come out all the same and the boys go into business and marry and raise a family in boxes made of ticky tacky and they all look just the same there's a pink one and a green one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all You are listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania right here on WRIR LP 97.3 Richmond Independent Radio during our spring fun drive 2018 extravaganza. Give what you can and you will reap the benefits of true community radio. We thought we'd put the fun in fun drive and close out the show with a few silly segments since we do like to entertain as well as educate you. First up is something we're actually really proud of. During the election of 2016, Jesse tweeted to 3rd District Councilman Chris Hilbert about Netflix and Chilbert. He replied something to the effect of having no time for chillin' and maybe he'd catch up on Netflix after the election. In true Hilbert fashion, the joke flew right over his head. And as such, Chilbert was introduced into the RVA vernacular. Netflix and Chilbert. Old Chilbert and Company, Chilby Chilbs, Chilbertino, Chris No Chilbert, President Chris Hilbert, aka DJ Chili C, President Chilbs. So are Council Pres Mad Skillsbert. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Told you there was a little treat in there for you. Chris's rules and Roberts are out of the question. President Chris Buzz Kilbert. Where was Chilbert? Who knows and who cares? President Chilby El Chilberto. On to consent where Council President Mad Skilbert. <laughs> On to consent where President. <laughs> Gotta say it again. Okay, we can do this. 
On to consent work. Council President Mad Skillsbert has returned. Chris once again transformed into Buzz Kilbert. President Chiller Chilmore. What you talking about, Chillis? Oh hell. A wild Chilbert appeared and dashed my dreams. So Jesse recently discovered that there were two Girl Scout cookie bakeries. One that makes the real deal cookies that we all know and love, and one that makes shoddy Bobo knockoffs. We challenged RVA Mayor LeVar Stoney to tell the difference. So I actually, I do have one more serious question. Uh-oh, here we go. <clears throat> what is your stance on Thin Mints? <laughs> my favorite, my favorite Girl Scout cookie. Oh, we've got Excellent, because thing. there's an ongoing thing that I'm going to have to ask you to participate in. What is that? Did you know that there's two different Girl Scout cookie Thin Mints? Mm-hmm. And Richmond does not get the good ones. Lavar, oh, for all I, of you guys that that Lavar's face is blown right. You now. know what? No, right. <laughs> I was eating Thin Mints in my office the other day. That I got from the firehouse. A little girl uh, uh, sold them to me, and I was eating those cookies, and I realized you like lies. something's not right here <laughs> because normally the top is like flat and smooth. There it is. All right, there it is. Am I wrong? Is this chocolate covered? Oh, correct. All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to help We're eating them. I have both types. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to tell the difference if you pick one of each of which is the real Thin Mint of the good Thin Mint? Let's bring it on. (laughs) All right. All right, we're doing it. Blindfold. (laughs) Blindfold tests. All right, I'm not going to look or anything like that. You're just going to... Oh, you can look. Here, I mean, it's look. not going to... I trust it. that your hands are clean. Well, I was actually going to scoot them out of the pack. Like, oh, well, see, you, you're making me look now because now I already know, I already know what the bad one is already, so I can't look. <laughs> I already know what the bad one is. <laughs> that one in the little shiny packet is not the right one. <laughs> well, this is, a on, this is an ongoing thing right. because I don't think people realize that there were two, there are two different bakeries. Can I look at it? Yeah. Yeah, you can look at it, talk about it. We did too. Yeah, we talked about it. There's going to be a taste test. <laughs> this is the real, this is the one you want right here. Uh-huh. Okay. This one is the cheap one. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, no, see, <laughs> around these parts, we call it the Bobo Thin Mint. The, that's the Bobo Thin Mint. The Bobo Thin Mint. It's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the Bobo Thin Mint. We have a winner. <laughs> this is it. That other one though doesn't. Someone take a picture. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, taking a picture. Yep. Girl Scouts, up your game. Well, it's not that. It's the fact that there are two right, different bakeries, and one bakery is in Richmond, and that's the one that typically our region gets. And believe it or not, the Bobo Thin Mint. The is Bobo Thin Mint is the Richmond one. And oh. that's the that's the bit that's been it's around hard. the I'm long telling year. you, it's it's like a dusty <clears throat> chocolate cracker. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> this one is more rich. Yes, which and I'm not minty. a big fan of. The reason that that's the, and they're named the same, so Samoas are are the same way. So, so what I remembered Samoas. on the Royal Thin Mint, uh-huh. not the imposter, not the imposter, yeah. was <laughs> that it tastes more like. Uh, oh, like a peppermint York patty or something. Okay. Like, it's yeah. the same sort of like, you know, exactly you bite into it and everything, and that's mm-hmm. a little bit cakier inside, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this one's just a straight-up cracker. It is. It's a cracker. So I'm not going to lie, I may or may Cookie not have found, like, some random Girl Scout. Somebody sent me this link of someone in Tennessee <laughs> of online Thin Mint ordering. Yep. They're and I might have been ordering the real ones online. How'd you get the real ones, though? How'd you get them? Ordered them online order. from some oh, okay. random from, person in from Tennessee. This very surprised little Girl Scout. Yes. So, <laughs> so you little girls out there who are hawking the imposters, uh-huh. question the authority. Question the authority. Ask them why are you giving me the imposter? Mm-hmm. I want the real deal. Mm-hmm. Make yeah. you more money. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you guys. And this is what happens when you leave Francesca and myself alone in the studio without Jesse.
<laughs> You're such a... <laughs> no, okay, now now I want you to now I want you to start from the beginning. <laughs> no, because you're gonna make fun of me. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Quavo thing in the background. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have two Okay, ready? Ready? Okay, here we go. I drive through Highland Park, the home. community I call my home. I often wonder what people who don't live there, who stumble in, think of the neighborhood the and its bed so empty houses. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't. Conclusion, if you love the ridiculosity that is RVA Dirt's municipal mania, please go to WRIR.org, hit the big red donate button, and mention municipal mania as your favorite show. Tag us on Twitter at RVA Dirt or at WRIR to let us know you donated and we'll give you a shout out on a future show. Also remember that next Monday, April 23rd, is another city council formal meeting. Join us there at 6 p.m. or tune in to Open Source RVA on the Friday after to hear the quick and dirty city council roundup module that plays every Friday after city council at noon. As always, you can reach us through our social media venues, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RVA Dirt to continue or start a conversation with us. Thank you for listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania right here on WRIR LP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio Volunteer Powered Listener Supported. Thank you so much.